0: Welcome to another episode of the Phantom Fantasy Football podcast. I'm your host Brandon Tim and we are brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us on Phantom Sports Industries for more news, stories, notes from around your favorite leagues to watch sports. PhantomSportsIndustries.com It's been a crazy week on my end. I just have had a crazy week at my uh, day job, so I have not been able to put the time and effort that I want to into this episode. But I owed it to you guys to give you some of my thoughts from week one regarding certain players and different thoughts from around the league, et cetera. etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, I want to give this my all. I'm going to do the best I can to put together the best episode possible for you next week. Again, like I said, still trying to get that schedule down, just trying to keep that release date consistent right now putting this out Wednesday evenings to get to you on Thursdays, best I can. So bear with me as I'm still trying to figure out how to get this out consistently. But I hope that I can give you some good fantasy insights in terms of who to start, who to play, what to look from week one. Watch out for those uh questionables. Um there are a lot of top tier players that had some Q tags on them that I saw that would have been uh probably on your roster starting this past week. So that was just one thing I noticed. But Um, In the meantime, like I said, I'm going to continue churning out that content for you best I can with my schedule, with my life. So, um, yeah, just bear with me. We'll make sure we get this on a better, consistent schedule. So on that note, let's go. here we go let's take a quick look at some of our top performers from this past weekend so i'm gonna call it out first my all fantasy week one squad gonna call out two running backs three wide receivers two tight ends a flex defense special teams and a kicker so in most league formats i think it's very simply put you had patrick mahomes at the top had five touchdown passes just dominating the field on multiple fronts had just an impressive performance against the Arizona Cardinals I don't know what those corners were thinking just the ability that Patrick Mahomes possesses he is proving that Tyreek Hill was good but it wasn't his crutch. We thought it might be his crutch, and we thought he had a kryptonite. But, yeah, he is proving that he did not need Tyree Kill to withstand uh, the pressure that defenses would put on him, and he stood tall. He did well. It was MVP-level performance for Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, still looking at this from a Week 1 perspective, we need to get a four-week sample size before we can gauge anything. Next up, we have Saquon Barkley. Dominated the stat box. He killed it against the Titans. Just incredible performance by him. 18 carries, 164 yards, six receptions for 30 yards, one tud. Man, impressive performance. Also a little worrisome if I'm the Titans Uh It'll be interesting to see how they respond from that game. But in the meantime, you can't deny Saquon's performance was uh, vintage. Reminded me of his Penn State days. We haven't seen that version of Saquon very regularly. So we'll see if this is a one-time thing or if this is the real deal. Jonathan Taylor, obviously. The Indianapolis Colts tried to play a different style of football in this game. but They had to revert back to allowing Jonathan Taylor to carry the rock. He had a number of carries. It looked like it was over 30. And it's just if, if with Frank Reich, you got to wonder what he's thinking with that performance and that tie against Houston and what he needed to do to put his team in winning positions. Matt Ryan looked like Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz. He didn't look any different from those guys. So now here's where we start asking the question. If your uh, football teams, and you can also chalk this up to why Nebraska had to let Scott Frost go. We are now a sample size of Frank Reich from after Andrew Luck left, um, retired due to injury. They have had a stretch of quarterbacks that have all seemed to share the same set of issues, and two of them being now tenured vets that had success other places, came to Indianapolis to try to find that place, and even Carson Wentz to a certain extent, like he had been Frank Reich in Philly, right? I'm curious if this might be a head coach issue more than a quarterback issue. We've seen the same issues now obviously this is game one so this is a little bit of an overreaction but I'm curious if this is a Frank Reich issue more than a quarterback thing time will tell though time will only tell so Jonathan Taylor he started finally getting the rock more in the second half when the Colts were trying to started to revert back to their ways that helped them win and ultimately they can't do that they need to be able to win throwing the ball Jonathan Taylor with 30 carries a game, that is a huge workload, and that is a recipe for potential injury. He can't do that every week. Next up, Justin Jefferson dominated against the Packers. It was tough to watch as a Packer fan. I have him on one of my teams, though, and watching those points rack up, I hope if you had Justin Jefferson on your team that you won this week. Because he was a sight to behold. It was an impressive performance. Nine receptions for 184 yards. Wow. Efficiency. Average 20.4 per catch per reception. Two touchdowns. 11 targets. Incredible. He is potentially on Cooper Cup level with that offense. We shall see though. We shall see. Michael Pittman is another good option as well. I think he's more of my flex in this. Next up, we got Cooper Cup. Put on an incredible performance against Buffalo the other night. I was very impressed with him, to say the least. He just, he was Cooper Cup. Now, the question is, though, um, and we'll put Devontae Adams up here too, so, Obviously, one, two, three for this week. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. The difference between, I feel like, Justin Jefferson's ceiling this weekend, this past weekend, versus Cooper Cup, Devante Adams. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams seemed to be heavily targeted by their quarterbacks as opposed to Justin Jefferson. It just it flowed better. It went with the offense. I'm very curious about Cooper Cup. Being a safety blanket for Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford potentially has gotten uh, tunnel visioned to Cooper Cup, and no, no question about it. Like Cooper Cup was wide open for a number of his throws down the field, but Matthew Stafford also did a good job of throwing him open too. But you got to wonder, Sean McVay clearly does not want his offense to be one dimensional. He wants to be multifaceted, so. And he even said he wants Allen Robinson more involved. So I think that we can expect some Cooper Cup regression this coming week and see more Allen Robinson, more Tyler Higbee. Um, Regression is always the mean. And I wonder if you could say the same thing with Devontae Adams, if we'll see more Darren Waller or um, Hunter Renfro. It's just very interesting seeing how those guys – were targeted so heavily by their quarterbacks, and it did not translate to a win on the field for the team as a whole collectively. Next up, we got Travis Kelsey at the tight end spot. Um, Dominant performance. I hope if you had him, you won your game, you won your matchup, because he proved why he's number one tight end, um, why you want him on your squad. If you drafted him, he was worth the pick, even though it would have been very early. Now, will he be able to put that on again? Now, we know that regression, like I said, regression is the mean. They're going up against a defense that's a little better than what they faced. And so it'll be curious to see how he performs uh, on Thursday night football against the Chargers. A little bit better defense, a little bit better um all around everything on that defense but it'll be interesting to see how much he's targeted by uh Patrick Mahomes being a safety blanket of that liking and then my tight end to OJ Howard came out put on a show against the Colts the I don't anticipate him doing that again because of the lack of targets and he just happened to be open on those routes going to the end zone. So credit to him for getting on a roster that values his talent, and hopefully we see more from him this season. It'd be a fun fantasy story, but at the same time, I see a lot of people picking him up in their waivers. I just don't know if he's going to be able to put on that level of a performance week in and week out unless he garners those types of targets. And then uh, for you know, the all-flex, he probably was a wide receiver who was a starter on most rosters, but Michael Pittman Jr., you could clearly tell that Matt Ryan was trying to target him, but it just wasn't translating the way that he probably thought it would. Now, obviously, Michael Pittman, I thought he could have gotten hit, hit a couple more times, but the opportunities just weren't as present, especially going down that stretch when they started reverting back to the runs to Jonathan Taylor. And the, I think Matt Ryan is trying to use Michael Pittman the same way he used Julio in Atlanta with the deep ball, but you might have to start him off with some of those shorter routes to try to get more yards after the catch. I think that would help break up the defenses and get Jonathan Taylor uh, more open running lanes that way too. Pittsburgh Steelers, impressive defensive uh, performance sucks to see uh, T.J. Watt go down, former Badger. Um, Don't know when he'll be back, but that defense put on a show. Minka Fitzpatrick just dominating that. He, the, he could not be stopped. Um, scored a touchdown, obviously. That's what you're looking for in defenses. If you can find that defense that Defenses that can make weird scoring plays for their team, those are the kind of defenses you're looking for in fantasy. And so Pittsburgh Steelers, top tier this past weekend. So we'll look and see what they're capable of uh, this coming weekend. It's going to be, I think they will going to have to be a little more conservative because I don't think with, I mean, obviously Kim Hayward's a beast, but I think they're going to have to play more just Straight up man coverage, less blitzes, maybe a little bit less exotic blitzes, um, because it's just not going to be the same without TJ Watt. TJ Watt allows them to do a lot of diverse things on defense and without him, I don't know if they have that flexibility. And then, um, obviously a lot of leagues still have kickers, unfortunately. (laughs) Young Hoku dominated the kicking game, uh, nailing a 50-plus yarder and a number of 30 yarders against the Saints. Kicking, is there's the variance and variables of kickers is just so complicated just from the fact that it's all about opportunities for them. So I uh, saw him on a lot of waivers, um, Young Hoku, but I think it's, it's truly circumstantial for him um, if I was going after a kicker. I think I'd pick Cade York just because of what he did outdoors. Um, outdoor kickers can probably translate better to indoors, vice versa. Brandon McManus. I mean, obviously, we saw in terms of his conditions and the air that he's used to kicking in, and how he did in Seattle, and obviously that probably was a more of a Nathaniel Hackett error than a Brandon McManus error. But it's still like you know, if you're if you're that dude. Like Justin Tucker, you, 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 you want those moments. You want those big kick moments for you. So, Cade York definitely stood up, and he's my all breakout week one kicker, Cade York. I don't want to start this off with a kicker, but we'll just do it. What he did to help win that game for the Browns was really impressive. I would go after him if I need to change things up at my kicker spot, which. I did, so I got Cade York on waivers this week. Then let's hop over to quarterback. I'm calling Carson Wentz breakout. We didn't really know what to expect with the Ron Rivera um, offense and Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz was doing a great job getting the ball out, getting the ball uh, to multiple targets. It was an impressive performance for him. Um, you know, obviously, he was playing in great conditions, and we all know that when the elements get involved, when he starts getting knocked around, that's when I see some potential issues happening. He did get um, hit by the defense a couple of times. He did bounce back from it pretty well, but I don't think that Jacksonville team was getting the kind of pressure that some of the top-tier defenses in the NFL can get. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Jacksonville's young defense, they had a lot of good players out there getting some pressure, so it'll be cool to watch them play throughout the season, but I thought that Carson Wentz did a better job of of countering them this week. Then I'm calling Saquon Barkley as my breakout number one, coming back from injury. Very impressive stuff. Um, next up, Dontrell Hilliard. He dominated the backfield from a scoring perspective for the Titans. Did a really good job on that pass catching side of it um will he be able to repeat that I'm not sure it's all going to depend on his target share with um with Derrick Henry but in the meantime you can't deny that that was a uh, not an unimpressive run there so props to him excited to see what his potential is on that roster and then um, these are guys that you might want to look at picking up. So we had Devin Duvernay for Baltimore. He might be the dude in Baltimore for uh, Lamar Jackson, but Rashad Bateman also had um, had a touchdown as well. So, But Devin Duvernay is one to watch for. I had him on my watch list. He had a good preseason, so I've been kind of keeping tabs on him. The whole, uh, the whole preseason. Once I saw they were getting him involved, and he's still very available in a lot of leagues. So, um, yeah, I shoot. I know that ESPN is not the best place to gauge all of this, but projected six point one, only rostered twelve percent, plus minus tenth, ten point three. Oh boy, that could. He could be a dude. Um, they're playing Miami, so a little bit better of a defensive situation than the Jets. But um, Devin Duberme. I think he might be one we might need to remember the name. Next wide receiver, I'm calling breakout Robbie Anderson. Baker Mayfield and him seem to have the connection, or at least Cleveland was daring Baker to throw it to him, and he just made it translate on the field. So props to him for getting those yards, getting those touchdowns. But this will be a week to week situation. Um, I can't we've seen enough Robbie Anderson film to know that he disappears, but he just had the big plays on Sunday. So props to him for making it happen. And then the next wide receiver, Curtis Samuel back from his injury-laden past couple of seasons. We obviously haven't seen him much since Carolina days, but he got picked up by Washington last year, basically did a a medical red shirt year, Um, and now he is out there, and he was running around open, and he made some contested catches, and he just found himself in position for Carson Wentz to get him on some good routes. So he's the one I would uh, pick up as well. I think there's still potential for him in the offense. Um, Yeah, Him him and our flex breakout, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, obviously touchdown dependent on Sunday, two touchdowns. You can't deny the stats, though. He would have been a receiver who scored the points. That you would have started if you wouldn't have started him I mean for me in my in some of my leagues he was just on my bench and so uh, yeah look for we'll look to see how it's gonna happen moving forward for him but in the meantime I mean he's one to watch for if he's available I'd get him but he was probably already drafted because he was one of the better rookie receivers Next up, I have um, for breakout tight ends, I put OJ Howard, obviously, for that, as he was one of the best of the week, and we weren't really sure about his situation after he got cut by the Bills and didn't even get an opportunity to suit up in Cincinnati after his physical. And then um, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett had a very subpar year in Seattle last season. I thought Russell Wilson would have given him more opportunities but it did not seem to be so. Um, Just the way Pete Carroll runs that offense up there wasn't very uh, Gerald Everett friendly last season, which is hilarious how many tight ends he got involved on Monday Night Football that Gerald Everett couldn't have fit in last season. Um, But I always thought that Gerald Everett was a really good athlete. Even from back from his time with the Rams, I thought that he was underutilized. And It just so happened, like, it's just the depth chart thing. Like, he just wasn't the dude. And now he's in an offense with the Chargers that throws it a lot. He had a couple, like, more than a couple of targets. And he got the touchdown opportunity. Now, and and he didn't get, like, too much put on his plate that he can easily go out and do what he did on Sunday, on Thursday and maybe some more because of what he'll garner with Keenan Allen being out. It'll be very interesting to see how that Chargers offense moves with the likes of um, Josh Palmer, Big Mike, Mike Williams, um, and uh, Gerald Everett. I think those three could really dominate the receiving game for this team. And the corners for Kansas City, they're going to be trying to primarily focus, I feel like, on Williams. Which should open things up for Palmer and Everett potentially down the, down the middle, depending on where Mike is going to be. Mike is usually going to be your wide receiver one in that instance, means he's going to be more so attacking the defense from the outside edges of the field, down the sideline type stuff. He's big play, like he's big play Mike, but um, look for Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett to get some opportunities there as well. All starts for the Chargers this week. Even Eckler. Dynamic duos, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, obviously take the cake. Their point totals. If you, you could have, I mean, shoot. If you were, if you were a savage like that, you could have picked them both in your draft. First round pick. I don't know. You could have picked. You could have done this with your first three rounds. I think about you could have got Justin Jefferson in your first round, turned around second round, Travis Kelsey, and then third round Patrick Mahomes. You would have won your matchup probably. Um, but yeah, if you had that stack, um, props to you. Good stack. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you would have had to pick him in with like one of the first five picks, but he would have done you right this week. Next up, dynamic duels. So either combination here, we're going to look at teams here: Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, or Josh Allen, Gabe Davis. would have been a Would have been difficult to beat that stack. That would have been pretty demoralizing. Say I was matched up with somebody who had Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, or Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. That would have been so demoralizing going into Sunday, knowing that you would have had close to. Uh, a, a, it would have been a very difficult deficit to get over unless the person you were playing was just playing garbage players that only got a handful of opportunities. Um, I shouldn't say garbage players. None of these players are garbage. It's just some guys get more opportunities. Some guys are just better. And, uh, yeah, that either of those stacks would have been pretty impressive. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown connected for a number of plays. It was just so funny, though, with that Detroit game because Jalen Brown, or Jalen Brown, basketball. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. Okay, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, it was like A.J. Brown would get to the one-yard line, but he could never get into the end zone. Jalen Hurts, it was like he got, obviously he got his one run in off that fake, but he could never, like, get, um, he could never get across the, the goal line either is like they always got stopped and then it had to be the ragtag running back crew of miles sanders kenneth gainwell or boston scott it was name who your touchdown guy is so it's it was just funny and then another dynamic duo that this one was actually very feasible and you could have done this for dfs too and it would have been very successful on your end carson wentz curtis samuel or carson wentz Jahan dotson and like think of to think like you could have drafted You could have drafted this whole stack, all three of these guys with your last three picks in majority of drafts, I feel like. Jahan Dotson would have been tail end of most drafts, probably 12th round. Then Curtis Samuel, you could have picked him in the last round. You could have picked Carson Wentz in the 15th round of most fantasy drafts as well. Insane to think about. And then next up, uh, Jameis Winston. Had himself a great, um, a great connection with Michael Thomas. Great stack there. We'll be looking forward to that one this season. Some more. I have a feeling that Jameis Winston could be a sleeper quarterback to keep your eye out for. Honorable mentions of the week. Now, first off, we just talked about Michael Thomas, but I'm gonna bring it back. Those first game, basically in two seasons. Um. And he looked healthy, so hopefully he can stay in that ship shape and uh, we'll look to see him keep performing like he did against Atlanta. And then um, another honorable mention, we'll talk about two quarterbacks here. I'm just going to give it to Marcus Mariota, James Winston. Marcus Mariota, probably majority of league formats, was ninth best performance, which is impressive considering his situation. Jameis Winston was 6th best in most league formats, um, which should have been also very impressive as well for coming back from that injury that he had. Then next up, I'm going to give it to Kareem Hunt, uh, 4th best running back performance in most leagues. He's just um, taking that production away from Chubb like he usually does. The fact that he does not have his own backfield where he is taking majority of the snaps, is just blows my mind. But, hey, he if Kareem Hunt makes more out of his opportunities than most starting running backs, it feels like. It, his upside is just insane, and I feel like an idiot for not drafting him because he is just so, he just gets it done. He's just so efficient. He catches big pass plays. And he just he just plays he's so fast and he just catches the ball so well. it would be an idiot not to not to start him on your team as an RB like he's RB two. if you're really desperate, he's your RB one. Next up, uh Cordero Patterson had the fifth best running back performance. Now Cordero Patterson reminds me of when the Pats would, and this was a couple of years ago, so when James White, there was this part of the Pats game where it was like they would always try to establish the run, I feel like, with, I think it might have been like, I don't know if it was like LeGarrette Blunt or uh, Sony Michelle, but it just always felt like when that game plan didn't work, it was like, we're throwing this in the gutter, and we're going to go with James White. And James White would just basically catch all these short passes from Tom Brady, and just all just these great uh, delays, draw plays. James White would be like the go-to weapon, and then it would just be the James White, Julian Edelman show for the second half. It's kind of like when um, this weekend when uh, Frank Wright and the Colts were just like, we just got to go to Jonathan Taylor, and it felt like the same with Atlanta. Atlanta tried to, to start some new things up. And don't get me wrong, like Atlanta will have opportunities to, but Atlanta was like, we need to try to win this game. We're in this. And what helped us win games last year? Handing the ball off to Cordero Patterson. and He made it happen. He made stuff happen. Uh, it's kind of weird because I don't understand why Depot Samuel isn't being put as like a wide receiver running back. It, it should already be running back as a secondary position. Vice versa, I know I know that Cordero Patterson is basically a running back, but like I just remember, like he came in the league as a receiver for he was with the Vikings. Like that just blows my mind how the his evolution, the evolution in his career has just been one of the most interesting for football players just to look into. So impressive. And then we'll give it another honorable mention to Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, obviously last season with the way he played, he just wasn't very good. But I I feel like we miss out on some of the facts that Joe Burrow said that he was the most athletic dude on those LSU squads. And you had to imagine that that would translate at some point in the league. And some guys are late bloomers. So I think we can just assume that Clyde edwards Lair was one of those. And then my last honorable mention the gadget guru, the tight end quarterback, everybody's favorite Mormon, Taysom Hill. Just hilarious how Dennis Allen just decided to take one from Sean Payton's playbook, and it's just like, you know what we need right now? It's the Taysom Hill drive. And Taysom Hill did it. He He took the direct snap, ran that wildcat formation. I'm looking forward to more option Taysom this year. Um, let's, I, I guess it's just one of those things. Like you want to pick it up. You want that, you want that juice on your team, but there's just no guarantees with it whatsoever. So that's the hard part about it. So who knows what the saints were trying to set up with putting Taysom back there. Cause clearly that's why a team would do something like that. They're trying to set something up for a future week so that other teams, Will buy into that and have something dialed up for when Taysom goes in the game that they can take advantage of and exploit. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but let's just stay tuned and appreciate it when it happens. So that's basically it from what I was looking at in this week's, this past week's players and, uh, what we can kind of expect, you know, going into the week in regards to matchups, um, we week one I feel like we learned a lot about certain teams, but then again we also didn't learn anything at all. For example, like what did we actually learn from that Chicago San Francisco game? It it was awesome to see Justin Fields take advantage of those opportunities, but. There wasn't really anything worth, you know, writing home about. So obviously you're taking into account if you Elijah Mitchell owner, you need to go after Wilson or if Rex Burkhead is still available, I would get him. He clearly showed production in his opportunities and he got the line share of the carries against the Colts, which is a concern for Damian Pierce at this juncture I think I'm picking up um, Rex Burkett and I'm playing him against Denver this week if I'm desperate for a running back spot. Um, I think what I saw from Rashad Penny and um, DJ Dallas and just all that, that whole backfield, Travis Homer um, in Seattle, is that there's opportunities against Denver to run the ball. Um, I mean, like, I'm not looking for Houston to, like, You know, I'm not looking at Houston as being like, oh, we're going to come into Denver and dominate. Denver's going to want to prove something against this Houston team. But if I'm Houston, I'm coming into Denver with a little bit of swagger because I just knocked off the Colts. So it's going to be a competitive game, no matter how you look at it. It's going to be a weird game, though, at the same time, too, because obviously, you know, Houston coming into the Altitude, that's going to be a unique set of factors. and it'll just be an interesting game. and we shall see what happens. Um, now, in terms of the other games that I'm really interested in for production, I really like um, I really like the Thursday Night game which will be when this podcast comes out on Thursday. So a lot of points in L.A., at Kansas City, the Chargers and the Chiefs. That'll be an exciting matchup. Cleveland and New York. I think Cleveland has this one for the taking. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb must start. In terms of receivers, I don't know who the best options are. I don't know if I'm trusting David and Joku but maybe he does do better this game, more opportunities. Washington at Detroit, I think, yeah, you've got to play all the guys that you would have played last week for Washington just because I don't think that, I mean, obviously Detroit could bounce back and win this game because this Washington offense isn't as potent as Phillies, but I really like, oh, man, Detroit could be a really good underdog to take in this game. But with that being said, fantasy football related, you're starting Curtis Samuel. If you need a waiver on receiver, you're starting Jahan Dotson. You're starting Terry McLaurin. Um yeah, you're starting Antonio Gibson. You're st- you're playing JD McKissick. And you're playing Carson Wentz. Too much opportunity there. On the Detroit side of the ball, yeah, I think I'm playing well, I'm playing Jamal Williams from a goal, goal line standpoint. I'm, I'm usually playing Swift. Now, I saw he did have a, a Q tag on him, but we'll see if he goes through final walkthroughs. There are a lot of Q tags on some key players. Uh, we'll see how that actually translates. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, playing all of my Buccaneers that are available. Um Obviously, Chris Godwin's out, but I think Julio could really go off in that game. Mike Evans is a must-play. Leonard Fournette looked good as ever, and TB12 is still doing his thing, so can't deny that. New Orleans playing Jameis, playing Michael Thomas. I don't know if I'm playing Alvin Kamara. He's kind of underwhelming, and he might have an injury um with Ingram getting in there that was a little weird and then Carolina at the Giants um hmm. DJ Moore was really tough last week but you got to think that they're going to get him more involved you didn't draft DJ Moore not to play him so I think you got to you're playing Christian McCaffrey and I think I'm going to pass on Baker don't really need him. On the New York side of it, Saquon. That's about it. Maybe Sterling Shepherd, depending on what I need. So there's options there too. Um, that's going to be a doozy of a game. So uh, good luck if that's your TV market. I don't know what to think about that one. Part of me wants to take the Giants just based on... If, they f- if the Giants found a way to win against Tennessee, the Giants can find a way to win against this Carolina team. There's too many opportunities for Carolina to make some screw-ups versus the Giants. New England at Pittsburgh. Um, Pats are weird. Pats are really weird but Pittsburgh has a lot of injuries so I'm starting Pat Fryermuth, that's for sure at the tight end spot Chase Claypool would be a sneaky good play Deontay Johnson obviously I don't know if I'm playing Pickens yet at receiver he didn't it's not he did get some opportunities but we I think he's going to be more of a bring him on like week five or six depending on what that offense starts to shape into uh then i'm pretty sure backup running back for them is warren i don't know if i'm gonna touch this backfield it's a little it's gonna be a little scary without Najee harris because there's not a lot of guarantees matt canada likes to give the ball in weird places too uh uh Chase Claypool gets a couple opportunities to run the ball. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Colts are going to want to bounce back. Um, I saw Pittman with a Q tag. Jonathan Taylor, obviously you're starting him if you have him. Michael Pittman yet to be determined. We'll take a look after the uh, injury status the next couple of days, see how he does, if he practices more. Alec Pierce look to be an option as well. Um, Hines, no. Um, not doing Ali Cox. Not starting Matt Ryan. I don't know what I'm getting yet from him. So you got two sure things on this team and right now, and that's Jonathan Taylor Michael Pittman. And then you've got a lot of maybes. Jacksonville, Christian Kirk is getting all the targets right now um pretty impressive playing him Travis and Tien not not who we thought he was um I think he's going to be more of a second wind for that backfield and then Robinson will be the guy that you want he's clearly showing he's the alpha dog of that backfield and we didn't even know he was going to be fully healthy and ready to go on Sunday um, but if you started him I'm sure you were pleased with your results Miami at Baltimore. This is gonna be a good game, actually. I like I like DuBernay and Bateman. I don't know from a running back standpoint. Kenyon Drake might be the go-to if you need to start a running back from Baltimore. Obviously, you're playing Lamar. Obviously, you're playing Mark Andrews. Those are your two locked in. No questions asked. Miami. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about Justin Tucker and uh, potentially Baltimore's defense. I don't really like Miami's defense, though, in this game. It'll be Baltimore's first test for sure. The Jets was not really a test, but Miami will be a little bit more of one. I think I'm playing Tua. I'm for sure playing Waddle. Tyreek. Edmonds. Mostert, maybe Kaseki. it wasn't bad, a lot of maybes for Miami, I think Edmonds is probably my one like, well from the running back side, obviously Tyreek and Waddle, you're starting them if you have them, but Edmonds is my only like running back guy, Mostert maybe, so it'll all depend, yeah, Edmonds is your RB too if he's on your team. All right, so Atlanta at Los Angeles, Cordero Patterson is and Kyle Pitts. only two guys I'm really thinking about star uh, maybe Drake London, but I don't know. it's uh, they're a tough one to read. Mar this is the type of game Mariota could just be laid out in because of LA's defense. the Rams defense versus Mariota. I don't like Mariota's chances, but we'll see what Arthur can draw up for him, head coach Arthur. So Rams, obviously, you're starting Cooper Cup. I'm starting Daryl Henderson. I'm not playing Cam Akers. I'm playing Allen Robinson if I have him. His upside is a lot higher this week just because um, Atlanta allows a lot more receivers to do a lot more things Um, I'm playing Seattle Uh, Seattle's DK Metcalf this is Seattle at San Francisco for this next one so yeah DK might take a flyer on Disley if I'm desperate for a tight end Actually, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to look for San Francisco to potentially dominate this game. Geno Smith, they schemed their way into that win. I don't think you can scheme against uh, Kyle Shanahan and company. Uh uh. No. San Francisco. Jeff Wilson. Obviously, gonna start for running back for them. David Price. I don't know what to think of their backfield. Obviously, they're starting Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't know if I can. Uh, I hope that you have a better option than Trey Lance, but he's going. I think that they're gonna to want to set him up for more success than what he had in Chicago. Cincinnati at Dallas, interesting game. I, you could see Cincinnati coming in and absolutely dominating, or you could see it being close. I I don't know if I'm going doing any Dallas offense outside of the running backs and Dalton Schultz. I don't I don't know like even C D Lamb like I know you probably drafted him high but. This might be be a good opportunity to let him sit. Now, I could eat my words here and C.D. Lamb goes off, but you can't tell me that Cooper Rush is the guy that can get C.D. Lamb the ball. I don't even think Mike McCarthy can get C.D. Lamb the ball because I don't think Mike McCarthy is a good coach for C.D. Lamb's wide receiver skill set. I think his days are numbered in Dallas if things keep going the way they are. Cincinnati obviously you got Jamar Chase it's not looking like we'll have a T Higgins at all so Tyler Boyd another good receiver option there Hayden Hurst for the tight end spot a good better a little better run route runner than CJ uzama so uh, I'm sure Joe Burrows thrilled to have him Joe mixon good pick a uh, good play for running back and that's all I think I'd really do. Oh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, You're, you'll, you'll play him if you have him, too. I think that we have enough confidence in his abilities. And next up, we're going to go Houston at Denver. We talked about this one a little bit before. I am starting Rex Burkhead. I'm starting Brandon Cooks. If I'm desperate, I guess I'd do Damian Pierce, but I'm not sure what to make of him yet. Uh, for Denver, doing Cortland Sutton, and I'm doing Judy, doing Russ, Russ, Russell Wilson, must start. Javante Williams looked like a stud, and, a potent, and I'm playing Melvin Gordon, too. Um, but like I said, if you have better options, don't hesitate. But if I have a combination of those three against this Houston team, I see potential uh, game-winning plays from either of those guys against that Houston defense, but we'll see. Houston's feisty; they proved it against uh, Indy, and I don't know if that's the best example because of because Indy might be worse than what we think they are. But um, yeah, Houston could be feisty. Uh, Arizona at Las Vegas. I don't like Arizona's situation right now. They're not looking good. James Connor's the only Arizona player. I saw. oh Ertz too. Zach Ertz. Um, wide receiver wise, Marquise Brown. Um after that, I just don't know. If you pick Kyler, you gotta give him one more shot. Um, this is the type of game where all of a sudden he just he just shows up when you least expect it. Las Vegas, I, th- I like their defense in this matchup. Um, I wouldn't hurt wouldn't hurt to play them. Um, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. On that connection alone, might be worth it. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I don't know who to start for running back. If you have Jacobs, you're probably starting him, but I don't necessarily like it. That's a weird game. I think Raiders might dominate, though. Chicago at Green Bay for Sunday Night Football. Packers running backs must start. And here's an interesting question that I want to pose because I was thinking about it. Would I rather have chicago bears receivers or the packers receivers last weekend i don't know the bears have an island of misfit toys for wide receivers because they got like dante pettis equiminius st brown um pringle just a bunch of guys that were like second third fourth receivers on the teams they've been on previously and they didn't look terrible but I gotta we gotta be careful because we were looking at them through goggles because it was raining. So um, yeah take the drunk goggles off, the Chicago Bears win, and recognize that Green Bay has a legitimate defense, and it's at Lambeau. Hmm. I like Romeo Dobbs in this one. I'm not sure about the other receivers. Robert Tanyan, I like him. And then uh, A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. I'd start Rodgers, too. And then we got the double matchup on Monday night. Tennessee at Buffalo. Oh, boy. Buffalo could really dominate this game. Watch out, Titans. Obviously, Buffalo, you're doing the whole... I think you're starting the whole lot. I mean, except for the running backs. I mean, maybe a Singletary, but I don't know when Cook... Well, Cook's not going to play. Cook will play a couple snaps, but not a lot. Um, With Moss, could get some goal line work. Like Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. Boom. That's it. Then Minnesota at Philadelphia. I like the Eagles' offense. I feel comfortable, well, I don't know, with the run game. Miles Sanders, yes. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell if I'm desperate. Hurts, yes. A.J. Brown, yes. Devontae Smith, potentially. Dallas Goddard, yes. And then Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Adam Thielen, You gotta think he's gonna do a little bit better this week. Um, and then you're obviously going Dalvin Cook, not Osborne, and then yeah, I might throw Kirk in there. But it'll be an interesting game because Philly's defense is decent. But I don't know if they have anybody that can shut down Justin Jefferson. So I hope that helps in regards to just getting some uh, getting some opportunities to look at for fantasy this week. And it's kind of a, you know, still a weird, weird board. I feel like three, week three, week four, we'll really know who our guys are. And once we get that going, I think we can really set ourselves up for success. Let's remember, like, I I won a league one time and I lost eight games last season. Now, I guarantee it was only an eight-man league, but I still, like... I put the research in, I put my nose down, I grinded it out, and all of a sudden, I, things started shifting my way, things happened. So if you went 0-1 this week, it's okay. You took, you got that first week out of the way. Evaluate your waivers, evaluate your rosters, look at the matchups, see what you can do. There's potential still for everybody out there. Don't second-guess yourself. You know why you drafted your guys We'll keep scoping it out. We'll keep scouting it together. And let's just have fun matchups this week. We'll see you. This is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at PhantomFootball and email the show at PhantomFootballPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.